how do we look at money? Or maybe the question should be, how does money make us look? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. We are right now at the eve of Yom Kippur. You may be hearing this before Yom Kippur or after Yom Kippur, but we also have a parsha coming up of Ha'azinu. And despite the fact that it's a very busy time, Yom Kippur and getting ready for Sukkot with all that that entails, but can't lose sight of the fact we have the parsha of Ha'azinu, a very poetic, a very complex and very profound parsha, penultimate parsha of the Torah. And the message we're going to share today will hopefully also be something that is worth pondering throughout Yom Kippur. So whenever you're hearing this, the message is ultimately timeless. Within the parsha, we have the line by Yishman Yeshurun Vayivat. Yeshurun, another name for Israel, by Yishman, experiences a fattening. We're doing well. Israel is doing well. We're successful, but unfortunately, sometimes when we do well, our heads swell. And by Yishman Yeshurun Vayivat, the nation of Israel gets fattened and kicks against God. And the verse continues with the fact that we lose sight of the source of our success. And we forget just who it is, or the capital W-H-O, who it is, who's guiding us, who's providing for us, who's giving us the talents, the resources, the opportunities, the facilities to accomplish all that we have achieved. And that ultimately is God, but we start forgetting that. And as we become more and more successful, we unfortunately sometimes become more and more self-absorbed, self-focused. And the work Otsuas HaTorah in his essays on this week's Parsha quotes over a story with Rabbi Yichal Michal of the city of Zlatichev in Europe who had encountered an individual who had exactly that. When this individual was earlier stages of life and not doing so well financially, he was connected with others and caring about others and not particularly self-absorbed, but as this individual became wealthier and wealthier and wealthier, he became more and more miserly. His hand started becoming more and more tight-fisted, and now that he had the capacity to be there for the others, he was unfortunately very much not doing so. And this Yichal Michal taught this wealthy individual a very profound lesson using a very simple metaphor. He pulled him over to the window, and he said, what do you see out there? And he said, I see all types of people coming and going. I see crowds. I see the community. He said, now look at this pane of glass. This pane of glass was a mirror. Now, what do you see when you look in this mirror? Well, I see myself. Now, apparently his mirror, I don't know how common this was, maybe because he'd become very wealthy, but his mirror, the plating behind the pane of glass that gave it the reflective capacity was a thin sheet of silver. And Rabbi Yichal Michal says to this now very wealthy and now very stingy individual, look at the difference that a little silver makes. When you have the clear pane of glass, you see others. And that's how you used to operate. You saw the plight of others. You were there for others. You responded to others. But now, due to that silver lining behind your glass, this reorienting yourself to your newfound wealth has changed you to be self-focused, self-absorbed, selfish. The work Oster Satora quotes another anecdote of Yisrael Salanter, famed founder of what is known as the Musra movement, the whole movement of focus and self-development and personal growth. Rav Yisrael Salanter's wife 
had purchased a lottery ticket. I don't know what the mega lottery was in Eastern Europe in those days, but Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was devastated. He actually declared in front of witnesses, the way one version of the story is told, that I want nothing to do with any of the returns on this lottery should we, God forbid, win. Now, what was his concern? All types of studies have been done recently about the devastating effects of winning absolutely enormous amounts of money and going from rags to riches and radical spurts has caused all types of issues related to stress and distress and despair and losing friendships, but that wasn't his issue. Yisrael Salanter's concern was we are responsible to be on the lookout for others, to be providing for others, to be receptive to the needs of others. And at this juncture in my life, I think I'm doing fairly okay at that, but what would happen if all of a sudden I have far greater financial capacity? Then I have a far greater responsibility, and I have a far greater element of judgment against me if I'm failing to meet those responsibilities. Currently, if there's some individual who has some financial need that I don't know about, I haven't researched, I haven't been proactive to try to discover who has what types of needs, I don't think I'm being blamed in heaven for not being there for everybody since I can't be there for everybody. But if that changes, then I am responsible to be attentive to, receptive to, even outwardly uh, I'm putting energy into trying to discover the needs of others so that I can be responding to them. A very different perspective on the responsibilities of money. These messages, the fact that we should be able to look out for others, have the glass that is not uh, stifled by having some silver behind it, can allow us, if we are blessed with financial capacity, and almost all of us out there are blessed with enormously more financial capacity than most of our great-great-great-grandparents had. Many of us are living lives that are far more comfortable than many great emperors ever did. Many. How many of them had climate-controlled homes and indoor plumbing and multiple changes of clothing and even fairly recent in history, many, many memoirs and many, many uh, stories that would indicate that it was rare to have more than a change or two of work garb or weekday garb and a change or two of a nicer garb for Shabbos and our closets are built so much larger than the closets of homes that were built just 150 years ago because we have so much more. But if we can take the silver that we've been provided for, and instead of having it be a silver that stifles our looking through that glass, but turns us into the type of people who are attentive to and caring about and responding to others, and whether it's because we have literally encountered them if they come door to door or we meet them within the community, where we are proactively searching out the many, many, many very, very good causes that are out there. And feel free to reach out to me, Coaching at Gmail. Happy to match people up with some really, really fine causes that are really dedicated to responding to people's needs in a very productive and significant and meaningful way. Unfortunately, far too many such causes that really are very legit because there are far too many needs. If we can have the silver be a tool for our, instead of Ayishman Yishurin, that we get fat and we kick, but instead we get fat and we share. And we say, hey, God, you 
you built up my capacity. Let me play the role of helping provide for your children. We know that the Talmud teaches us that when the Torah talks about tithing, and it says, Aser to Aser, you shall surely tithe. Outside of the message that the surely tithe, Aser to Aser, the double term, tells us that our real goal should be giving 20%, not just 10%. But outside of that, there's another message, in Aser Bishvil Shatis Asher. Give so that you become wealthy, meaning if you become a great agent of giving, God looks at you and says, hey, Look what happens when I give him or her that extra silver. They didn't close up. They didn't turn this into a self-focused mirror. They kept the window open and they helped share that silver with others. Oh, they're a good treasure of my funds. Let me give them more funds. We can take that approach. And hopefully with the wealth that has already come our way, we can merit more and more of it without having a greed for more, without having a dependency on more, without having a, a sense of neediness that I keep having to grab and grab and go after larger and larger assets, but simply that, God, you've asked me to partner with you, God, in sing to it that I do my part to be able to succeed in this world, and you have graced me with the gifts you've given me, that silver that I'm using to share with others. We can then become the, the tools, the vehicles for being godly basically partners with God in the godliness of giving to others. In so doing, we'll hopefully be able to keep the window open on others because of the silver we provided, see others out there that thankfully are doing well because we'll make sure that that's the case. Be attentive to those others searching out the needs when others aren't doing so quite well, but hopefully collectively pulling everybody up, helping everybody have the benefits of the gifts that God is divvying out there, and growing through that process. How do we look at money? Well, it depends how money makes us look. If with that money we look like we are sources of giving and sources of good, then we can look at money as the agent of that good in itself and use it to help develop ourselves to have a greater capacity and greater likeliness to achieve our